Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? <laughs> I'm doing very well. I, uh, I'm just taking a quick look at your synopsis for Let He Who Is Without Sin, and uh, your your emphases are, uh, are amusing me because I haven't read them in context. I just saw... Something written in all caps. Great. I'm sure <laughs> the I'm audience will it. hear this Now shortly. I'm seeing it too. I'm just like, okay, this would be great. Yeah, yeah, we have some thoughts on this one. And as always, we are also joined by Peter Denzi. How are you, Peter? I'm pretty good. Uh, home from work, just took a nap. Um, and y'all are actually the first to find out. Uh, I've st- I've kind of started dating someone recently, so so this so this Peter! is like so Aww. this is like super brand new to me because this is um, apart from uh, Jonathan of uh, Jonathan back in college where we dated for like three months um, and we decided like no we're better as friends. Like this is like my first like official official time dating. So this is I'm so damn green to this. I don't know what to do. I'm very lost. <laughs> His name is Hyro. So, yeah, so, so, so hopefully, so hopefully, uh, we're like still doing well by the time this by the time this episode broadcasts. If not, then I hope we separate on like you know good terms. Well, but, you yeah, know, but... if you, if you unfortunately you do need to break up. Uh, at least this episode showed you a, a nice way to do it. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, honestly, like watching this episode, I was just like, oh god, oh god. You know, you both go to Maui, you see other people. It'll be fine. <laughs> The right of separation. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah. So this week, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 7 and Episode 8, which is Let He Who Is Without Sin and Things Past. So first up is Let He Who Is Without Sin. We begin this episode with Odo and Sisko complaining that Dax is constantly in the infirmary because she's always having crazy sex with that damn Klingon and it's becoming a wee bit taxing. She is excited because she and Worf are going to Ryza, the pleasure planet. Worf, however, is not as into this whole vacation thing, threatening some vague talk that he and Dax must have, as Worf is annoyed at Dax being the coolest. His annoyance only increases when Lita, Julian, and Quark decide to come with. On the planet, Worf is still all buttoned up, wearing his uniform and lecturing everyone on their ways. He comes across Fullerton, who is the leader of the New Essentialist, a fringe group who believes places like Ryza are causing the Federation to become weak and vulnerable for a Dominion invasion. Dax, however, comes across Arandis, a woman who was a lover of Curzon and who basically killed him with her vagina. His constant kerfufflement gets more outrageous when Worf sees Lita and Julian get all hot and bothered with other people. Worf debates Dax as he is being swayed by the New Essentialist philosophy, even when it was revealed that Julian and Lita planned their trysts as part of a Bajoran separation from a ritual relationship ritual. Later, the new essentialists scare the guests using fake phasers in order to scare them into their boring ways. Worf tells Dax that as his beloved, everything she does reflects on him, but she states she won't change just for Worf. Lita and Julian complete the ritual and are happy for a clean break, though Julian does get his feelers hurt when Lita reveals she mainly broke up with him to get with Rom. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Worf comes across Dax and Arandis recreating that scene from Ghost, and instead of starting the greatest threesome of all time, he decides to be a pouty baby and go break some stuff. 
Dax, Arandis, Quark, and Julian are all hanging out when suddenly the peaceful atmosphere of Ryza that is artificially controlled disappears and the natural storms and thunder seep in, ruining everyone's good time. It turns out it was Worf who turned off the atmospheric controls, and Dax is reasonably pissed off. The new essentialist plan works as people begin to abandon Risa, and even Arandis fears they were right that they let pleasures get ahead of duty. Dax confronts Worf and asks why he's being such a goddamn dick. He tells her when he was a kid he was playing ball with a human child, and Worf headbutted the kid to death! After that, Dax saw that non-humanoids were fragile, and he just wants to protect Dax, like a real creep. Dax forgives him for some reason. The two defeat Fullerton and the new essentialists. Then they go enjoy their vacation or something. <laughs> what did you think of Let He Who Is Without Sin? Uh, can I just start off by sa- by saying fucking Van- Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. Like, she walked out and like, that was my first thought. I was like, I was like, Vanessa fucking Williams. When the hell? Like, who? How? <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh. I don't think you're respecting that, were you? Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, but yes, what did you guys think of this episode? I um, I was really disappointed with this episode. Like, not from a plot perspective. Like, it was, it was an interesting episode, and it was good in concept, but why, why was Worf so, like, manipulative and... This is like bordering on emotional abuse yeah. or some shit. Like way too controlling. Like if they had cell phones, he'd be reading her text messages. <coughs> yeah, like I, 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 this is the kind of stuff you see even today, where 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 one one person in the relationship will be like, "I don't want to see you talking to anyone who you could be attracted to. I don't want you see. I don't want to see you talking to any of your past lovers or your exes. Even even if you broke up on good terms, I don't want to see any of that. You are mine." And it's like. That's creepy mm-hmm. and like unnecessarily controlling. Yeah. Uh, I um I absolutely hated this episode. I I truly actively hated this episode and it's the only DS9 episode that I have actually straight up hated. Um I've hated episodes of TOS, I've hated episodes of TNG, though not as much. Um, but there's always just been something about DS9. They've always managed to be interesting or clever enough. That there's just something that's kept me from just hating it. There's certainly been episodes I've been bored by or something like this. But this was the first episode of DS9 that just actively made me angry. Yes. Yeah, there were so many things. That, like, th- there, were definitely, there were definitely little tidbits and like moments that were like, okay, you know, that was a good moment. But overall, mm-hmm. it's like just... Sim- sim- simply with how they characterized Worf alone in this episode made so much about this episode so unenjoyable. Yeah. And see, the thing is, I, there's two ways I can see this being a a decent episode. Um, the first one is that if it was just a wackier episode that was just focused on Ryza and the new essentialists and, like, the, uh, the new essentialists were, like, an 80s teen sex comedy villain, you know what I mean? You know, like you were like, oh, they're gonna tear down Ryzen, put up a parking lot. <laughs> so yeah, I'd be I'd be okay with them going down that silly route. Or the other alternative is you make a much darker, more serious, more intense episode with either Dax or someone else about uh, an abusive boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, that said, I don't think they knew they were making that this episode. 
and I don't think they understood just how dark Worf's actions were in this episode. Yeah. Right. And that's what made it so infuriating is there would be parts of there would be like, well, see it from Worf's side. And I was like, no, fuck that. No, that does no. not give him an excuse to be an asshole. Exactly. Yeah, and then they have that really weird, tragic story that just made no sense. That really doesn't actually have anything to do with his relationship with no, Dax. right. Yeah, like, they kind of tried to do that angle with the whole, like, at one point she talks about how she's drinking something that causes her to have an allergic reaction. And, you know, he's concerned about the fact that she's ignoring that. But that doesn't then go to, like, him being mad at her for seeing old lovers or being jealous or controlling and wondering where she's going yeah and, and especially after like she had been saying throughout like throughout their entire trip on risa you're not having fun well since you're not i'm going to do something fun and that's exactly what she was doing she was hanging out with an old friend doing the ghost thing and making like just like messing around with clay <laughs> yeah and like they weren't making out they were just hanging out and he, and even and, and even when um even when but uh, even when Arandis walked up, it was just like, hey, hey, it was like, hey, how are you doing? Been a long time. Like the new body. It's nice to see you. And the, there was also I Jamal Haran you to death. How are you doing? Let's <laughs> not forget that. <laughs> I can't believe. I mean, I could totally believe, but I can't believe they would put that in a Star Trek episode. Oh my God, that's right. Like. You you had sex till you died. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah, this was the episode where I was like, oh, DS9 is the most sexually charged Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. Yes. The most sexually charged Star Trek show in history for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm. Even more than TOS where Kirk banged like everybody, right? Right. right. Or at the very least, it's, it's a lot more adult about sex where it's a lot more about to... Uh, communal relationships where the 60s version is that more classic like conquering women style yeah and with kirk you know with kirk it was the biggest deal when he kissed uhura on screen at that one time just because of the racial issues of the 60s right whereas now it's like well that's not a problem anymore so we can get a bit racier And how are we going to get racier? Enter Lita and Julie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess my first question is, are we just too damn liberal for this episode? Is that part of our problem? Because, I don't know, at least for me, I can just say that I'm, a, I'm an incredibly sex-positive person. And I understand that uh, not everyone lives in the same realm I do where I want all my friends to live on a happy sex commune together. <laughs> so I, so yeah, so I was wondering, like, should I have been on Worf's side? You know, maybe occasionally, if I was a little bit less that. Um, but what do you think? Do you think it's that case, or do you think it's it's just that he's a jerk? I mean, for because me this personally... Is the lowest rated Star Trek episode. Really? Wow. Of DS9. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, no, I, yeah I, got, I got DS9. Mm-hmm. Um... No, I, I, I can definitely see your point. Like, like I, I'm not on the same level as you, but I, but, but even, even I was just like, why is Worf so embarrassed to talk about sex? Like, like just at all. Like, 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 like even, even when he walked up and 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 uh, in the beginning of the episode when when Dax was talking to Cisco and Odo, even with like people who he knew were close friends of hers that she has known for a good amount of time at this point. 
and he's and he's like, why are you talking about our personal business? And it's like because they're my best friends, Julian. He's a friend too. Get over it. And it's like loosen up. Yeah, yeah, it's rough, and I think that the the worst mm-hmm. part is just that it's Worf. Right. Like this episode made me kind of unship Worf and Dax. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. Like, I don't really want them to be together anymore, and it's a bummer. Yeah, I, 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 wrote, I wrote at one point in the, in the notes that I was taking, I was like, are Mama Dax and Papa Worf going to break up by the end of this episode? They probably should, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a, like that's, a similar note. It says, you know, if Worf doesn't have some great epiphany, I'm done shipping them. And he didn't really. Yeah. Like, he, he tried to... I don't know, fix the weather thing by the end of it, but Did they really talk? it didn't no. feel like, yeah, I was, I was, Worf's behavior reminded me of my controlling, manipulative ex who I was with about a year ago, yeah. and, you know, she would have friends over, like, her friends, and, you know, we'd be having a conversation, and I'd, you know, make eye contact with them as you do when you're speaking to another human being, and then they would leave, and she'd be like, why were you looking at him? It's like because I was talking to him. What is, you know? And it was it was, it, it was just it, I was getting flashbacks from this episode, and that made me really uh, uncomfortable, yeah. because Star Trek is supposed to be progressive, and this is just projecting a what I feel to be a negative message of well, yeah, if somebody's controlling and maybe even like a little bit abusive, they probably have a reason for it. So you should feel bad for them, and you know it's it's all gonna be okay at the end of the day. No, fuck no, that. That still wasn't a good reason. And I think one of the messages that they were trying to go for is one that I think is actually kind of interesting, which is that you know during wartime and during times of strife, people are like uh, you know sort of. Some people think that you should put aside pleasures and just focus on the thing that's the trouble. You know, it's like you, you hear that all the time. Like, why watch uh, Marvel movies when the the climate is being destroyed or whatever? You know, and it's like, well, I you know, I need my sanity. I need my escape. I need um, these things. And so, it might have been a decent episode if they had focused on that. But that's not what you come away with. It. What you come away with that uh, episode is Worf is a controlling dick. Yes. Yeah. Also, on a slightly lighter note, talking about, um, you know, controlling the weather and so forth to piss people off, isn't this pretty close to the plot of Geostorm? <laughs> oh my god, you're yes, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> the only way it could have been better is if, like, Kern was trying to stop the assassination of, like, the rising planet because uh, that's the plot of Geostorm. Yes. Yeah. Because that is the plot of Geostorm, is that they're trying to assassinate the president through... I, through geostorms, I guess. By, by screwing over the entire Earth's weather. Like, yes. all of Earth for the president. Just one... Wow. Overkill, dude. Geostorm might have been out by the time we release this episode. It, 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 it may Probably. be. It may so it'll be. actually make more sense. Or less sense. I, I will say for this episode, I found, like, kind of like... With, with how it's been for, like all like, all the seasons that we've been watching this show... It was interesting to like watch the new essentialists and listen to and listen to um the main guy whose name I totally forget. Sorry, what was that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and just drawing comparisons to different shit that people say today, like with 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 how with how he was like how he was like basically like saying the Federation is weak, 
other people could come in and take over. Other people could come in and take over. And the only thing that was running through my head was make the Federation great again. Mm. It was so weird. Yeah, it's definitely sort of a conservative backlash oh, kind of thing. Oh no. Oh yeah. On a lighter note, I did like how we uh, we opened this episode, uh, learning that the uh, O'Brien wants to call his uh, son Sean, and uh, they don't know how to tell him that in Bajoran, Sean means swamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Not quite. Uh, not quite what he intended. Oh God, indeed, no. Indeed. Yeah. So, is there any uh, more rants we need to have about this episode before we move on? Not a rant, but just my very first note about this episode in all caps. Mourn on a date, OMG! Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he brings her yeah, flowers. It's so cute. It's cute. Uh, no, that I- is all. Like, there's, there's nothing else there. It was just, Mourn was on a date, and it was adorable, and he gave her flowers and shit. I uh, saw a Star Trek post on Reddit uh, that made me so mad until I went in and realized the joke, which was like, the title was, I hate Morn. And then I went inside and it was like, he won't ever stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, no, yes. I, 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 will, I will say for my last thing for this episode, I, uh, like, I, ca- I think Worf did not give the whole right of separation enough credit, even like before, during, or after. I don't think he gave it enough credit because because he may not have liked how Julian and Lita were going about breaking up and Quark obviously did because he expected screaming and like stuff to be thrown and punches to be and punches to be thrown. I expected him to be there with popcorn at some point. Oh no, he yes. oh, no, he he was to- he was totally going to be that gif of Michael Jackson Grubs. in the theater from Thriller just like eating popcorn like I'm just here watching the show. Um but like I actually I mean I kind of liked the like if 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 you are separating on good terms I kind of I kind of liked that tradition the right of separation where it's like where it's like we are here to you know just having a time reminisce together and once it's over we will just separate whatever we choose for that to involve that is what it will involve and for lita and julian it it involved messing around with other people and every now and then just be like you know what you want to have sex yeah let's go have sex i think that's a brilliant idea right yeah that reminds me of a story that uh comedian kurt brownholer uh told where um he and his girlfriend were like the only two people they'd ever been with ever and they were thinking of getting married and they were like well you know it's just weird that we've never been with anybody else so they decided well let's do like uh like a rumspringa like what uh, <laughs> the amish people do so like they went off and they both slept with other people and had their own experiences um and then they got back together in 30 days and then they were like nope you know we shouldn't we shouldn't do this uh, we're we actually shouldn't be uh, together and they just ended on, you know, mutual and kind of cool terms. So I thought that was interesting. Nice. All right. Doesn't work for everybody. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But just saying, you know, it's kind of an interesting idea. Still trying to form that sex commune. One day. I'll probably be there, not going to lie, just saying. Everybody's invited. Everyone who's cool. <laughs> I'm down. So the next episode is Season 5, Episode 8, which is Things Past. In this episode, Odo, Sisko, Dax, and Garrick are coming from a conference on the Bajoran occupation. When they arrive on DS9, their bodies are in a comatose state. The four find themselves strangely aboard Terak Nor, in what is clearly their universe but in the past. Also, Quantum Leap style, they're seemingly inside the bodies of Bajorans, and to everyone else, appear Bajoran. Which translates to we were too lazy for makeup. <laughs> <laughs> 
Odo in particular is wigging out at this, particularly when he sees a Bajoran with a phaser wound in his chest just walk casually by. When Garrick tries to reveal his Cardassian nature to a guard, he gets a fistful of fist, and strangely the real Garrick begins to bleed from the nose, because this episode needs stakes. While Dax is creepily brought to be a confidant of Gul Dukat, the others are ordered to work for Quark. The three discover their identities, and Odo reveals they were three men who were accused of trying to kill Gul Dukat and were executed. The chief of security at the time, Thrax, did a poor investigation, and later a similar bombing occurred, and it was clear the three were killed for no reason. Garrick, however, is confused as in this timeline, Odo was the one who was chief of security, but Odo brushes it off as general weirdness. While meeting with the Bajoran underground, the bomb does go off and nearly kills Dukat and Dax. Sisko, Odo, and Garrick rush to her aid, but of course they are captured and sentenced to the crime of trying to kill Dukat. Odo tries to reason with Thrax, showing a lot of knowledge about the case, but Thrax ignores his pleas. Dax manages to knock out Dukat and break out the trio, but when they enter the runabout to escape, they suddenly are all back in the cell awaiting execution. Odo convinces Thrax to meet with him alone, and when Odo says the four don't belong, he calls out Odo by name and asks him what he plans to do. With that, Odo finds himself on the promenade with Dax, Sisko, and Garrick about to be executed. He screams out, Not again! and takes the gun away. The scene shifts again, and now the four return to their normal clothes, and they can see in the distance that it was Odo, not Thrax, that oversaw the arrest and execution of the innocents, which plays out exactly as it happened. Odo reveals that it was actually he who did not properly investigate the evidence. He thought his job was just to keep order for the Cardassians, but after that day he was committed to justice even if it went against his commanding officer's wishes. With that, the four are returned to their conscious selves. Bashir reveals that when the runabout entered a plasma storm, small elements of Odo's past, changeling self, were enough to cause a psychic link between the four of them, and since Odo's mind was on the old case, that is what they relived. Then Kira comes in and tells Odo she is shocked by the report, as Odo seemed like the one good man involved in the occupation. She tells him she can forgive him, for she too did terrible things during that time, as long as he can convince her that no other innocents died on his watch. Odo reluctantly tells her he just can't be sure. What do we think of things past? I get the feeling that this quote-unquote psychic link that was established between the four of them is going to come into play later. And it's going to. And I also handy. get the feeling that was the only reason this episode exists. I don't know about only, but I agree. But there's, def- yes. but there's definitely going to be a payoff where where, where, the, where the, the four of them being linked is going to like legitimately come in handy at some point in the mm-hmm. future. Like it's going to be necessary that they have that link. Yeah. It's interesting you guys are focused on the link because uh, I thought the big reveal was that he still has changeling DNA deep down there somewhere. Oh, no. That, yeah, oh, no yeah, that for, that for sure. I thought Bashir was going to like find it and then it was going to retake over his body or something and somehow like oh, re- and maybe. somehow like revamp it i don't know yeah like he's gonna hulk out you know yeah like he's gonna turn and he's gonna be like that's my secret i'm always made of liquid <laughs> i'm he's, always liquid he's, he's gonna he's gonna start coming to like coming to either coming to julian and or and or o'brien and being like okay let's run some test let's try some stuff out yeah like i thought i thought like 
it was like leading up to that uh that, that later down the series like you know maybe Kira's about to die and he's like no and then all of a sudden he like changes mm-hmm. out out of nowhere and it's like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes so yeah that was my theory but uh it's a thing which you you brought up about the link too maybe that'll come back like they can communicate over long distances or something like that mm-hmm. probably short distances but still a distance you know yeah like even if they're all just on deep space nine but like separated by Cardassians or changelings or something or whoever they can still be like hey let's work on this plan so yeah this was uh, an interesting episode it was uh, you know besides maybe leading into something in the future it felt like it was obviously a big uh, metaphor for grief not grief um, guilt yeah guilt guilt yeah. yeah do you humans experience that thing you call guilt 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 <laughs> yeah actually I uh I really like this episode. Um, it actually reminded me of Star Trek V, actually. There's a, a really nice sequence in Star Trek V uh, where the main bad guy is named Sarek, and uh, his big thing is that he can he can relieve you of your pain. And uh, they do this in one sequence where uh, he shows McCoy what his great pain is, and there's this nice little transition where we see uh, McCoy talk to his dad, and we learned mm-hmm. that he, uh, his dad was suffering from this degenerative disease. And uh, to alleviate his dad's suffering, he euthanized him. Uh, mm-hmm. But then he reveals that uh, just a, a month or so later, they came up with a cure for the disease. And uh, it's all about sort of McCoy's guilt about doing this. And uh, this episode was sort of similar. And I liked how um, it wouldn't let him escape his guilt, you know, like whenever they would escape the... Uh, towards the runabout it would put him back every time you try to fight it it would reset it was all just getting to this point to say you just have to admit to your friends that you did this terrible thing and just because you're sorry for it doesn't mean that it can be buried inside of yourself or buried inside the past so i like that sort of general theme of the episode at the very least yeah that would that i i once once he once he once we got to like towards the end and he revealed okay no yeah I was actually the security officer at the time. This is a story that I know. There is a reason why towards the beginning I got really antsy, really suspicious, really paranoid. I was kind of I was kind of waiting for that moment for Kira to walk in and for the two of them to have like have that conversation because I was like, okay, we're gonna have like a really heavy final two minutes of an episode and it's gonna make you really uncomfortable and you're gonna wonder where do they go from here. Sarah, you seem like you uh, might be a little down in this episode. Mm-hmm. Am I incorrect in saying that? No, no, you're not wrong. Um, I, I think what you said about it, you know, um, demonstrating how the characters deal with grief, I think that's true. I just, I didn't feel it was executed very well. Like, I just found it very confusing, like with the time jumping and the plasma storm and the, oh, well, if they get injured in this dream world, they get injured in real life. And it just... Well, my big problem with this episode is it does the same goddamn mistake that Inner Light does. Even though Inner Light is one of the best episodes, no question, it does this dumb thing where right away it reveals that it's all inside of Picard's head. And mm-hmm. I'm certain that I wouldn't have been fooled to think that Picard actually was going to live a whole life, but at the very least, you should have just lived with him in that moment and lived with him doing that entire experience and the having the experience of living an entire life and then get to the end and him dying and then boom it was only five seconds you know and 
it would just be so much more impactful and they don't do it and they do the same damn thing here and it's so frustrating yeah like yes. get that get that reveal at the end so yeah it should have just you know put him in Teradact Nor. they have no idea what's going on who's controlling it what's happening build up the suspense build up the craziness and then boom reveal at the end that it was all a hallucination yes do you think you would have enjoyed it if it done that yes I can't believe that you did that twice mm. right why did you do it twice I swear to god I'm gonna re-edit Inner Light and just make it perfect yes <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't done it yet already I should I mm. should uh, but uh, yeah I, I agree with that and it, for, for how good the central theme is it's just it's just lost and you know plasma storm and links and memories and blah and this and blah yeah and and then, yeah. and then and then there's that guy like there's that guy that, that Odo bumped that Odo bumped into when they first woke up on Torak Nor and like and, and, and he turns around like because Cisco and Garrick and Cisco Garrick and Quark uh, not Quark but um, Kier, uh, Dax were like come over here and he turns around like the the guy is gone it's like wait okay was it the was it like the plasma wave or whatever or was it or like did some like did some outside force like some outside person in, like interfere and like inter- interfere and interact with them to make this happen I don't know. I, I, yeah, like with, with, with people like appearing and disappearing, it, it 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 made it it made me want to say, oh, like I want to say, oh, like some cosmic being is 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 acting upon them, as we have seen in past episodes, and so mm-hmm. and so when they kept like like y'all said, when they kept cutting out to like all like all four of them, um, you know. Again, in a certain, in, in a rather organ, in a rather organized and very and very deliberate circle. Um, pff, um, it, it was, it was like, it was like, okay, wait, wh- how did they actually get to this point? Because I'm confused. Yeah, they weren't even touching, which is weird. So, like, the psychic waves traveled through the air. He's in the room. Yeah, let's not uh, overscience it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was uh, particularly weird to see uh, Kurtwood Smith be a uh, a Cardassian. <coughs> For those who don't know, he was the uh, dad on that '70s show. Hmm. He was also the uh, bad guy from RoboCop. From RoboCop. <laughs> yes. So I was yes. expecting at any moment for him to say, "Bitches leave." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I I clearly like it more than you, Sarah. But uh, I wouldn't say I love it. I think I just uh, related a lot to the uh, the central theme of uh, of like facing your demons. Of facing your demons. Yeah, yeah. It uh, <clears throat> it reminded me a lot of the uh, Bashir episode, the one where it's inside his mind, where uh, everything's sort of pushing him to uh, to become older, and as things get more crazy, he's getting older and older and more and more infirmed mm-hmm. and losing parts of himself, and you know, <clears throat> just pushing it to that central fear. And this is sort of similar, where it's like pushing to this one yeah. central uh piece of guilt uh that he has to deal with um interestingly um the show actually started with that as well oh, that's it seems true to be yeah. something mm-hmm. space nine likes to do because we started with you know the whole confronting the wormhole aliens and why do you exist here with cisco and uh yeah that's kind of interesting yeah. so are we going to get that are we going to get that, that, that kind of a a kind of episode for each of the characters because we because we clearly got Cisco, we got oh we got Odo, we kind of got Jake with with him with him uh, with with him like sacrificing himself so that so that his dad could like go back to you know like like our current current time to like to, to like actually be able to save himself and, and 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 Jake and so it's like well if if this is going to be a thing, well O'Brien had his uh, prison, the prison uh, episode. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. O'Brien had O'Brien had had his, had his prison thing Bashir uh, Bashir had his growing old thing so it's like. 
Quark had that dream where, you know, he kind yeah. of died. I would call that a and, moment, you know, not an talk episode. Talk to the first Nagus or whatever. Yeah. So uh, Kira needs one then, huh? Kira and Dax. And Dax. Well, well Dax, I would say Dax kind of got one when... Dax Actually, kind of you're one. right. Yeah. yeah, she had the uh, spooky guy. Yeah, the yeah the spooky guy, and 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 then and then she also had the episode where, where she where she got to like meet her past selves. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, Kira. Kira. Yeah. Poor Kira. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess as soon as she has that baby, we're gonna psychically torture her. Ki- Ki- <laughs> Kira, your time is coming. <laughs> I mean, she did have stuff. Have all that stuff with the. Uh... Oh, what are they called? You know, the sacred orbs or whatever that make you do mind stuff. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, they like doing that. They uh they like doing that. This damn orbs. Um, so yeah, uh anything else to say for things past? Uh a couple of things for me. Um when when uh when when Garrick's nose started bleeding, like my my first my first thought was this is very sword art online hack like slash hack esque. I was like like my, my mom was like my mom was like, this reminds me of something. Two different animes done. <laughs> well I uh, I pointed out to Sarah this that uh <clears throat> this came out four years before the Matrix and has that whole, you know, if you get hurt in the thing, you get hurt in your real body. Oh yeah. Um and I would accuse them of plagiarism, but uh knowing the Wachowskis it probably is from some anime that uh it's from the eighties that I've just never heard of. Oh, no, no, yeah, the two, the two that I'm referencing, I, Hack came. Hack was like mid two thousand, like early mid two thousands. I want to say, yeah. And I remember Hack had like eight million titles. There, there were so many. There was like Hack dot point one oh eight. Yeah, dot Hack slash was like the base, and then after that it was just like whatever we feel like doing right now. That's what we're gonna do. And then Sword Art Sword Arts Online is like is like more is like is like a definitely a more recent one. Um, and then and then second and then second thing, uh, when when the blah, 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 when the security officer called Odo by name, the ca- the camera did like that like that like that really weird like the really cool like kind of uh like like, sh- like shift like like shifting thing that whenever it happens so, like, if it's done well I like it where 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 it's like where it's like he- the uh, vertigo effect yes the vertigo effect yeah yeah so this is the effect um, where you uh, I believe push in on a character yeah. while zooming out or vice versa yes. And uh, just creates this really great uh, disorienting effect. Yeah, if it, if it's done well, I like it. And, and so when it happened, I was just like, "Oh, I wish you knew how to do that with cameras, but I'm not that skilled." <laughs> it's a uh, it's a tough move. Oh, I can only imagine, dude. Well, that has been our episode. Next week, we'll be discussing season five, episode nine, and episode ten, which are the ascent and rapture. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meatshield. Our awesome artwork is by Joe Bowen. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps new listeners discover our show. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.